apparently bonuses aren't really bonuses. We do them every week. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. It's Sunday. I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Run Galloway Girls. And we are here with another episode, even though we say it's a bonus episode, but we have been kind of consistently recording yeah, uh, two episodes a week. a week, which is really exciting. It's just because so fun. So. It is so fun. Um, <laughs> but our regular episodes will definitely be on Wednesdays. That's that's the goal. Um, even this Wednesday, it's very possible that I'll be having my egg retrieval for my IVF cycle on Wednesday, but we can still record beforehand. I just won't be able to eat or drink anything. Oh. Um, but... Hopefully it but, will be Thursday and it won't be Wednesday. Either way, it's so exciting. Either way, it will Egg be. Retrieval is so exciting. I know. It's really, really cool. So why don't we start off with how you're doing with your foot? You had your last shockwave yes. for your plantar fasciitis. Yeah, but a week and a half ago, I had my third treatment. So it was three three treatments of shockwave. Um, it wasn't as painful as the first two. I haven't noticed any improvement yet. Well, <laughs> I'm still in a lot of pain, that, that, that darn foot. And like all the studies I'm reading, it's basically, well, either way, most cases of PF resolve around 12 months. So I'm like, oh, so whether or not I had gone through treatment or take rest sometime this June or July, I'm going to be back to normal. <laughs> well, that's really good to know. And you know, um, I think that the one risk with plantar fasciitis is a very, very rare risk that it will rupture, yeah, rupture. but it is very rare. It is not super common that that will happen. Um, and you know, if it does, that is almost like getting surgery for it. <laughs> there you go. Rebuild <laughs> because it does, it zero. does rebuild, but that it is yeah. really good to know that, um, it will be healed hopefully sometime right after our marathon at worst case or, scenario. Right. And even, and if, if the shockwave works, it's, you know, six to eight weeks from last treatment. So that puts us right at like when we go do Atlanta, Jeff's half in, which is like only five weeks away. It's just oh crazy. God. I know. How did that happen? Um, so. so five weeks from now, we will be running Jeff Galloway's half marathon in Atlanta the weekend of March 18th and 19th. There is a 5K, Barb's Leprechaun Chase 5K on Saturday the 18th. And on Sunday, Jeff Galloway's half marathon um on sunday the 19th and we have a code for you yeah ambassador 23 it's 10 percent off of either race or both races come to the challenge and i think i um i don't know if you were in the ambassador meeting the other night i was not <laughs> i think um i don't know if it's a surprise or not but i think there's gonna be chocolate coins being like handed out during the race Ooh. or then there's gonna be some there's also gonna be a treasure hunt for, I love treasure like, hunts. I guess it's separate from the race, but there's going to be a treasure hunt, and the winners are going to win, like, grand prize from Fidipides. So, like, sh- oh. a package, like, shoes and some other gear. And then they'll be, like, second runner-up and stuff, too. That's so exciting. So, so there's going to be, like, a lot going on that weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend <laughs> in Atlanta. It's going to be a very busy weekend for us in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And for everybody who's, mm-hmm. who's participating in the race. It's just a fun lot going on. So, so we are flying in Friday night, and we'll be um, volunteering at the Expo at Packet Pickup. We are running both races. We're hoping to get to record a podcast <laughs> episode with Jeff, hopefully. Yeah. If not that weekend, we'll have to do it another weekend. Um, we may record with some other Galloway runners so that yes. they can share their experience using the Galloway method. So it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. And it's really going to be like the first big race back for me since, I, I mean, I know I did Boston, but I feel like it doesn't count. Right. That one, well, because you didn't run it for time you didn't really run it you didn't really run it for yourself you ran it 
Yeah. With Marcy, with a friend. You ran it for just the experience. And so this one is one where we, you know, we're going to have to see how we feel. But we can do a workout Mm -hmm. or we can race it. Like, it's going to be uh, a real, like, it'll be a little fitness test for us. So Yeah, I just really hope that however it is, our fitness is in line where we can run together and not hold either one of us back, right? Or even if it is holding one of us back, that we're both happy about it. You know what I mean? Because we've sometimes trained together where one of us has is at a higher fitness level than the other or is having a better day than the other. And we it's that hard decision. Do we stay together or do we like let the other one shine? Have and our I own think, day. I think both of us, when we're at the lower fitness, are like, oh, go shine, go shine. But then it's also like when we do that, there's a little bit of, but I wanted to stay together. Yes. Like I wanted to be able to do it together. So I just hope everything aligns where we're able to run the whole thing together. Yeah. So. And that's, and we might it's just. it's so fun. And that might be, we just have to maybe change our mindset to where we used to say oh go because you're you know on the day and versus you know and at times I would say oh great I'll go on ahead and this time might be like if if it were me I'm just saying mm-hmm. then I would want to stay back this time because actually no I actually want to do this together like mm-hmm. that's going to be more fun and so we'll just have to kind of see how we feel and how well, I think our mindset mindsets is. shifted when we were like chasing PRs and stuff um, I think that we were like very, very focused on like, oh, like we we should get those PRs, right? Right. We should, we've worked so hard. Like if you're in that shape, say, then go get it. Right, right. And it's funny because we had that goal. I think about that goal of breaking yes. an hour 20 in the 10 mile. And we went out together as a workout without thinking that that was going to be the goal nope. of the day. And we ran at 119. Yeah. So. And, and we ran it. The whole thing together. Mm-hmm. And again, like, yeah, there have been a lot of races where we have, one of us has taken off or one of us has dropped back. And that's just, yeah. it's just what it, it just is. just happens. And some days we each had, PR, we had a PR those days. Like there was a day yeah. in Reston that, that I did, you know, in the half mm-hmm. where I, I took off, you ended up running with Scott and I had a PR. Oh, and I still half. got first in my age group because it was, were, yeah, <laughs> it was the random like five year intervals where we're in different age groups for, for a little for while. For one year. For one year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then a year later at Mountains to Beach, I had to hold back. and you, right. Or not hold back, but fall back. And, like, so we've had those times. Yeah, and, or at the 10-mile where um, the, yeah, the 10, GW 10-mile, where that was, like, the race where we are going to break an hour 20. Yeah. We both had amazing days that day, yeah. but you were just we in, together. like, prime shape. And it was, like, I had to let you go because I was wearing those donut shoes. I, <laughs> I also didn't do intervals. Oh, So right. it was a different race strategy. Yeah. So, yeah, this season we're probably going to – be running these races together and that's yeah. we hope to it's gonna be we so fun to. i mean unless unless something happens and like one of us yeah. is in you know 415 shape and the other one is in four hour shape i think i would push you to go ahead and and get that four right. hour <laughs> right. if i'm not quite in four hour shape yet because that's that's the reality of where i'm coming from like my predicted fitness is you know and and you have to like garmin is not the best predictor because I crossed the finish line of a marathon where I ran a 332 and it told me that I could run a 338. Yeah. So Kindle just showed take that. It, yeah. Kindle um, take running with strength on Instagram. She just showed how hers showed the same thing after right. her PR. It right. showed that she was slower in the half. And right. And so take it with a grain of salt. But like I do think that if it's telling me 410, like I'm probably not in 358 shape, right? But if it's showing me 405, that's very different. You know, like I'm going to have to look at the percentages on that because I think that there's probably a formula that we could use. So yeah, yeah. So your plantar fasciitis hopefully will be better, but you're you're tolerating it pretty yes. well. It's really painful, but um, what are the things that we've done 
if, or do you want to share the yeah. things that we've done like to kind of keep it managed? Like we were just talking upstairs about two rest days in a row. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which like, sounds like it, so much. Because <laughs> it is flaring up on my double days on like Thursday. It's been really bad. But then we've been taking Friday and Saturday completely off, which we're kind of like, we don't know if we love it because we're like, oh, it'd be really fun to go out for an easy jog on Saturday or like a long walk mm-hmm. or something. Like yesterday, it was kind of a nice day. and But um, those yeah. two rest days, like right now, they're they're just kind of clutch right now. Our yeah. bodies are just kind of like absorbing that, taking that rest and being able to absorb all of those little mitochondrial changes. It's so crazy because like really we have, we have th- uh, four rest days a week. Yeah. Like that's insane because we have Mondays, we have Wednesdays, we have sat- Fridays and Saturdays. And, you know, I think the idea was to kind of like throw a, throw an easy run. And definitely we do walk on those days. I think the idea was like to kind of cross train on those days, but sometimes your body just needs the rest. And with me going through yeah. my IVF cycle, that's definitely the case. I take my meds at like 630 at night and I'm just like passed out on the couch. Yeah. So. And like yesterday I thought about hopping on my like bike trainer and yeah. trying out my new shoes I got for Christmas because I haven't even tried them yet. And then I remembered every time I get on the trainer, I it uses different parts of my quads. And then like to go today and do our workout, I might have been like totally burnt out from yeah. fried from that from just sitting on the trainer. So I'm like, I don't know. Like cross training has be a its good, place. But. That might be a good like Wednesday night or even yeah. Monday night like yes. thing or double like or, to use or it as double. a double. Um, that was something that you know I talked to Jeff about because we I have a peloton <laughs> behind me. Holds for a moment, please. And we're back. So speaking of cross training, we took Penny on a little walk outside because she uh, definitely had to go to the bathroom. So um, walking, as we always say, is the best cross training. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Um, So from there, I guess uh, we should move on to from our four rest days a week and possibly needing to cross train a little bit more. (laughs) Um, We should move on. I will update everyone on my IVF cycle. So, um, this is the very first time in an IVF cycle that I've been able to run all the way through it, which is incredible. I know. And my body is really, really responding well. So, I'm crossing my fingers, trying not to count my eggs before they're retrieved, but this is really, really great. It's been amazing. Yeah, everything's been good. Like, your HRV has been higher. Yes. Like, it's just almost, it's so weird because everything's, like, flipped from other from, cycles yeah. for you. So, cycles before my HRV would plummet, I would get incredibly, um, like, like swollen. swollen, like, to Edema. the point where I couldn't. I couldn't even walk because my legs felt so swollen. Like, I felt like my body, like, my skin was going to explode. And it's really, really incredible. Now, they did have me on growth hormone, human growth hormone. And I I kind of pinpointed that that was what was making me swell. Right. And I wonder, now, growth hormone, like, the idea is that it, like, is supposed to make eggs, like, younger. It's, like, almost like Botox for your eggs. But, (laughs) um, but... I, I think that when, because exercise increases growth hormone, right. I think that it's very possible that when you're an active person, um, you just don't need to supplement with it, yeah, but it's, who knows? It could be that, yeah, we'll have to see after you get the retrieval, but it could mm-hmm. be that you already had the natural response, you're already pre- 
right. per, per giving you, making your, your own HGH right. without exactly. eating a supplement of it. And so maybe it was just too much and that's right. why you were getting swollen. Exactly. So. And there were cycles that I didn't get swollen. And on those cycles, I wasn't working out because I had a sprained ankle. Uh, so yeah. it's, who knows? Interesting. Who knows? So um, retrieval for that, I go in on Monday morning. So retrieval will be no earlier than Wednesday morning, but it could be as late as Friday morning. So we don't know yet. We'll see. I I feel my little eggs growing. I'm talking to them every day. So fingers crossed. And then once they come out, and hopefully we'll have a podcast before that. Well, we will because Wednesday yeah. we'll record even if I even if I can't have coffee. Um, once they come out, they'll fertilize them and grow them in a lab, and then. Uh, biopsy them if they're good and freeze them and then they're just on hold until if they're good they're just on hold until we're ready to use them so, yeah which is exciting it's very exciting which will be after mountains to be yeah because you're not <laughs> doing another cycle between now and correct may. and i'm not going to do a transfer between now and may either because i don't know i just felt like i wanted my body to be mine for a little while yep um, now that doesn't mean we might still, we might still end up pregnant between yeah. now and then, but at least it won't be because of medical intervention. Right. So if, yeah, exactly. So it's really funny to like, um, with the whole thing, like to like decide that we're going to try to get pregnant and then get into Boston that this all happened, you know, over a year ago, decided to get that we were going to try to get pregnant, got into Boston. Every month I would like calculate what if I'm this pregnant, pregnant by Boston be. and then only to run Boston, go the very next day for an IVF um, consultation and then start IVF the next month and like still not have a baby or be pregnant. Like it's very, very crazy. Yeah. It's a long, it's a long journey. And a lot of people <laughs> would probably really have a hard time and just be like really depressed by it now. But like you're doing so great with just... <sighs> Each it's, cycle just being, you know, positive yeah. and just trying to say, well, it's, you know, and looking at it being like, okay, over this course of this time, like, I know it's not going to, yeah. it's, it's going to take time. It's going to take multiple cycles and then. Yeah. You know. Well, and statistically, right? Statistically, at the end of two years, there's a high probability because my, like, just, you know, even if I just have kind of like natural but slightly low fertility for my age. By the end of two to two and a half years, there's a probability that we could have gotten pregnant and had a live birth within that time frame. And we're not at that two-year point yet. Mm-hmm. We're past a year, but we've decided to do these interventions to because there was still the probability that it wouldn't happen, right? right? And so we're just trying to play probability. And statistics, like, it's so weird. I'm so comforted by them because, right. like, statistically, with my age and diagnosis, it could take... 10 cycles for a high probability of a live birth and to get a nor- to get normal embryos, right? And we got a normal embryo within the first two cycles. Right. So like statistically like we we actually are like right where we should you be. average so, it out. Yep. Exactly. So I'm just like rely on the statistics and go through the process and right. don't quit don't quit early because you know you will see improvement it's just like in running I was gonna say it's a perfect metaphor like yeah. running and training for like a marathon or training over cycles and cycles to try something like qualifying for Boston right you well, have to trust in the process and trust that it's gonna like build over time and it's how you analyze the data right if I look at my first cycle and my last cycle we got zero embryos on both of those right yeah. 
That's like comparing my first marathon yeah. at 4.31 to my Boston at 4.32 and going, you <laughs> No progress. No progress. But in that time period, like, there's been so much progress up and down. So, right. You know, the fact that I finished a 4.32 and, like, bounced off the Boston course and was like, all right, let's go get tacos. It was just an easy day for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah you have to really um, zoom out again. The zoom out Yeah. Works. Um, and you know, that's kind of funny. Like if we look at a lot of our races, we could like compare certain races to certain races without context. You're like, oh, there's no improvement here. Right. Like my, like both of our most recent marathons to our first marathons, that does not look good. Right. Um, or if we even compare say, um, oh man, I was like thinking of another good comparison where it's like. You just don't see, oh, comparing, um, like, an easy marathon that's a slow time that was, like, super fun to mm-hmm. a personal best, right, yeah. at the time. Yeah, it's, it's like, you just can't. You you have to take all the context into consideration, and progress oh, yeah. is not linear. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of, like, context, we should talk about, like, our workout today. Oh, yeah. Because... We and maybe last week's work. Yeah, last too. week's too. I don't know yeah. which one you want to start with. Um, let's start but, with today. Yeah, so I was just thinking like that context, like so we went in today, we were supposed to do four downhill miles at race pace, marathon race pace, right. which we're still like, what is marathon race pace really? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what we want to like really aim for, but we said, all right. Because just, we're because we're trying to average our current fitness with right. our leap of faith goal. So our leap of faith goal is based on previous fitness levels that we've been able to reach within a marathon training cycle. Right. But we were also five years younger. <laughs> yep, and just different places maybe yeah. in our lives. And yeah. like yeah, not going you we weren't going through IVF. So like right. so we said, okay, well then our, our goal should be like around nine minute pace. Because right. a nine minute pace Great. That's a sub four. Oh, yeah. If we, uh, we would be ecstatic. I think we would both be over the moon. Oh, yeah. With a a 359. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's funny, and we need to get to where we would also be over the moon with a 400 or a 401 (laughs) because the difference is so marginal. It doesn't even matter. True. But I think we would certainly like be over the moon with a 359. Yeah. Or like all those, I've friends so many 404s, which is like an error code, right? Like 404. (laughs) But like you, yeah, you're just like, that's just like, what is that? But that's still an awesome time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so we said, all right, so around nine minute pace, and then we started out, and like we warmed up for several three mi- miles, three miles, and we were, and Liz was having some some niggles in in like shin calf area, yeah. and we just weren't sure if we were going to do this workout at all, at all, and nope. so then we ended up doing, so we ended up putting on sixty thirties. Yeah. Instead of like, so we really should be, okay, like for a nine minute piece with Jeff's plans, you should be like two minutes and 30 seconds. That's maybe 90 that's a nine, depending if, on yeah. how fast you are. Yeah. Like most people, it's going to be a two and 30 for us, maybe a 90, 30. Yeah. And so we were doing 60, 30s and just saying, well, who cares? It doesn't really matter what the watch says. Let's just run three miles. And we, we had already decided based on course yeah. that we were only going to do three miles and not four. Um, and that was because it took so long to warm up. And like, we knew that we wanted to keep it under, under eight or under like under eight miles today. Yeah. And total. we also don't have um, a stretch of four miles downhill. That's not yeah. a thing here. So we yeah. have, there's going to be rolling hills. And so we figured, well, we kind of know where we are in the course. We could do a three mile chunk. And so we ended up hitting, I'd have to go back and look. 
but around it was like eight fifteen, eight twenty four, and eight eleven. Yeah, that's eight, what I had. Yeah, I think mine were eight twenty five and eight thirty five. I don't know. We were around there, but mm-hmm. and then eight. Yeah. So anyway, we were probably thirty seconds or more faster yeah. than we had set out to do. And these were with 60 30s. I know. So like insane. Contextually, I even though I was maybe faster and fitter five years ago, I don't think I was ever running 60 30s with right. with sub 830 ever. Like that's like you All know right. something I don't think I could do. You finding them on your watch um, so we can check So out I have uh 824, 837, 809. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's Six, even better than I thought. And 60 30s. And 60 30s. So again like if we Take that. We just have to take the context and be like, okay, so we still have some really good fitness. I mean, and really, the average of that, the average of that is that 821, 340 marathon. Which we said we weren't going to run today because we can't do, oh, can't do 821. We're not in that shape. That's what we said. Right. I think that (laughs) thinking about, like, trying to average it, too, just doesn't, I think that, or trying to hit it exact each mile is really difficult. Um, The other thing, so we cooled down for, like, three or four minutes walking, and Mm -hmm. then we we kept doing 60-30s, and we kind of chilled back on the pace, and I think we were just under 10-minute miles, which which is crazy because we can do 10-minute miles with 30-30s, but we, um, I was like, you know, actually, if we add this in to what we did before, we would still be under sub four hour pace for the marathon. So it's all about context. And we're still so like, we're five weeks away from Jeff's race, but we still have quite a lot of time before this marathon on May 21st. We have two more months after um, Jeff's race. So we have a lot of time to gain fitness. We have a lot of time to build. And I, I feel like marathon training is takes forever. It's like, it like, is forever, is forever, is forever, and then all, all at once, all of a sudden, <laughs> you have this fitness that you're like, whoa, where did this come from? That's how I feel about it. Now, I tend to feel better the second training cycle, like when I do two blocks in a row. Like, right. I tend to really, like, rock that second block. Like, um, after a fall block, my best training block, I swear, is, like, heading into Dopey and then coming off of Dopey. Like, Dopey is so good for my for my yeah. fitness. <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, how everything happens. It's, like, that's, like, in, um, oh, gosh, uh, The Sun Also Rises, where he's talking about how he went bankrupt, and it was, you know, uh, very gradually, and then And then all, all at, at once. once. And yes. that's how fitness happens. That's also how injuries happen. Uh, yes. So it's, it like, is. it is, you have to be listening to those little yeah. whispers of injury, whispers and, of pain. And that's where all those great rest days really come right. in handy. You know, rest and recovery, food and nutrition. Like, that's the other thing, I think, with my HRV. I really think that the difference is the way I'm eating. I'm eating yeah. breakfast now. I'm making sure that I ch- that I'm getting, even if it's not the perfect breakfast, even if it's... You know, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Even if it's a protein shake. Even if it's a protein bar. shake and a cereal bar or cookies or, you know, a kind bar or whatever, like I'm trying to get 400 calories in the morning minimum of that has both carbs and protein. Like that's the goal. And then like by 10 o'clock eating another snack. And then at 12, it's hilarious. And now at 12, 12, 15, I'm hungry. Yeah. And I was never hungry for lunch before. Yeah. It's so funny because I noticed the same thing on, it's almost like um, you just open the seal 
It's like, yeah. remember back in when you were like, in don't college? Break the, <laughs> don't break the seal. Don't Dude, break don't, the seal. Don't go pee when you've been drinking because then you'll have to go. Same thing with eating. Like, I feel like the, yeah, the earlier I eat in the day, like, the more hungry yeah. I am. And I have, like, a good appetite. And I know a lot of people are going to look at that and think, well, I don't want to be I, hungry. Right. I how am I going to lose weight? Well, or how am I going to maintain weight? The craziest thing, too, is... I usually gain 8 to 10 pounds during an IVF cycle. Now we talked about how the fact that I'm swollen. I, so much water weight. I have maintained or uh-huh. like I'm like right at my average for the last year. Like because that's one thing I do like weigh myself every like not every day, but like every other day during an IVF cycle because right. I want to track the water retention. Um, and I and I'm going to say my weight on here. I'm, I was 152.3 pounds this morning and like that's, it's a lot. I'm dealing with it because I used to weigh in at like 132 pounds um, when I ran CIM. So I'm 20 pounds heavier, but I feel better than I've ever felt. Yeah. And I'm maintaining it eating more, which is really, really crazy, which would like stand to reason that if my body loses weight, Due to training and still fueling, like, not intentionally, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm able to keep, like, I should be able to, like, fuel and maintain whatever the happy weight for my body is. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. But I think the this might be my, I think this might be my happy weight. Like, I hate to say it. Yeah. Well, no, I've. And Even I've, though I don't, I mean, if I had a choice, I might change it. But I'm, I don't want to do the negative things to change nope. it. Yeah, and I'm in a very much the same place, except for not IVF at all. And it's like, it's, I can't link it to anything because my weight gain happened after about, you know, a year after I had Julian, I had already lost most, I had lost the baby weight. I had mm-hmm. still breastfeeding. And then, um, so was it around, maybe it was 18 months after I had him mm-hmm. that I started to put weight back on. But it was sympathy because that's right when I was, started yeah. trying to get pregnant. We just gained it together. Yeah. And so yeah, I am because that's about pounds. the same time yeah. I started to put it on too. <laughs> I know it was really wild. So I'm like 15 pounds over my like my very slight weight of like I was very thin back. Um, you know when we raced like when we trained like Chicago 2018. Right. I back oh yeah, I was like, like 120. I was like I 126 was, then. Yeah. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I was like 18, 118, 120, and now I'm 135, 136, and like my body seems. To be happy there, yeah. I, I still most of my same clothes fit. Like it doesn't. Yes. That's not, the craziest right. thing. The fact that like my I'm still wearing. I can still wear my size two jeans. Of course, I bought a pair of size four jeans, and they feel so much better. <laughs> but I can still wear a lot of my clothes. I can't wear a lot of my dresses though because I right. I put on weight like like kind arms, of everywhere. Chest, like yeah, it's, it's literally proportional. And right. so I think I think it's just where. Being a master, being you know, yeah, going inf- through IVF, I right. think happy. Like I eat more now. Yeah, um, and, but it's okay. And like I don't know about you. Like I'm not drink. I haven't drank alcohol in quite a while. Yeah. Like I know you haven't been lately, and I know that I was maybe part of it earlier on. But then I now it's just not. It's just I haven't been just, drinking. Yeah, it's just I, proper fueling. I haven't been drinking for probably like six months. Yeah, I'll so every once in a while have one drink. Right, but. I mean, so really. it's not empty calories. Like no. it's proper fueling, and so for me too. Like I'm not drinking. I'm not doing anything. But I, that's like 
I unhealthy. I'm think, eating the same as before. I think I used to. Um, I think possibly like drinking led to my weight gain maybe Initially. at the beginning of my relationship just because it's, you know, you go out a little bit more. Yeah. You, you drink a little bit more. Um, but then I also think that prior to that, drinking might have in, might have contributed to staying lean because I would go out and drink was, and like I just wouldn't eat it as much. It was a replacement like, for meals. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> like instead of meals, right? Or I would just have a snack so because I knew that I was going to go out and, sure. and have margaritas and a big meal, and it's and, filling. Yeah, yeah. And I was like eating, you know, when I was alone, like. It's, it's harder to eat meals when you're alone. I think right. it's easier to eat meals with other people. That's true, too. So. Like, yeah. But so this is all to say, yeah, we are – we're kind of like looking at this – we're just trying to – it's all, you know, a new set of eyes, new mindset yeah. for both of us because, again, we both are in different places and we both have different weight. And to, for me to sit there and say, okay, you know – I used to probably think there was some truth to, like, racing weight, and now I'm like, no, yeah. there's not. And also, if I can be fitter and it's more – if I have more muscle and I'm just yeah. heavier, then that's going to be even better I mean, I'm fueled. I mean, racing weight is – here's, like, a big good myth on that. Um, I – was probably 127, 126 to 127 when I was running 340s. And then I was 132, 133 when I ran my 332. So right yeah. there, right there you would you like... You gained weight and got faster. Yeah. I, yeah, I just heard Lauren Fleshman because she's doing the circuit, of course, with yeah. her book. But she had, she had just said, you know, on one of these interviews that when she was, you know, a 5K champion, of course she was U.S. champion... She, her two fastest 5Ks were eight pounds apart. Yeah. And so you would look at that and think, you know, with, and there must have been, I'm sure, fractions of a second. And they say, they say, um, like the old misnomer formula was two seconds per mile per pound, which it's just not. It's it's, it's, it's a myth. Just, it's a myth because, or there's a, there's a pivot point, right? Um, because, a tipping point. A tipping point because you're going to lose strength. You're going to lose efficiency. Like, and you know what? We're not we're like seconds per mile. Seriously, like plus that, and some of that could be in you know a lot of studies use men. They yeah. don't look at females. So, well, and what about the fun? Exactly. What about the fun? Like my favorite marathons are still the ones that were slower for someone else. Running with Amanda during um, Hurricane Sandy in twenty. 20- yeah. In 2012, 2012, my second marathon, running with Lauren when we did Space Team Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best in 2018. So much fun. So fun. That was that was great. Um, You know when I paced at Air or at uh, the Air Force marathon, like that was so much fun. It was so great. You know that that's exactly it. Like, what's the goal? Like. Oh, sure. Qualifying for Boston is an awesome goal and it's so much fun and it's really, really great. And, you know, I did it. Do I think it was any better running a running a 334.58 and a 332.40 qualifying for Boston than it was running a 341 and not qualifying? I don't know. I think I was just as proud of the PR, yeah. like just because it was a PR and probably more so that it was a PR, I guess, because Boston was so like, I guess because I also got Boston, I can say that. And it might have been sure. pretty disappointing. Like if I ran a three 
3502. But you know what? At Mountains to Beach, that's what I thought I ran. Remember? Yeah. You didn't think I you were under. didn't think I was under, and I was still so Elated. proud. I was so excited. Because it was still a mega PR. It was huge. And it was really, really tough in the end of the race. Yeah. So um, if you guys could just. Okay, so I think that this is actually a really good time to segue, and I know it seems a little abrupt and random, to a my well, it's not because we're talking about weight. Yeah. So I got this email from my fitness pal this weekend or um last week that was eight signs that sugar that you're eating too much sugar. You're eating too much sugar. And this was so triggering to me because of course, I clicked on it because sugar is not the devil. It's not the enemy. <laughs> it's not the enemy. And there's a, there's a great um, science explained like infographic uh, on Instagram. And then there's also a great running explained Instagram about how sugar affects your body and how like sugar is not the problem. So here's the thing. Uh, a lot of these eight signs, and we're going to read them off to you, are the same signs and symptoms of red S. And here's which is crazy scary, which is super scary, because here's the thing about my fitness pal and athletes. And I signed up to it, signed up for it, just to like make sure I was like I was trying to see if I could use it, and I literally used it for a day and was like, nope, can't do this. Yep, like it just it's triggering. It it was super triggering. So I think athletes tend to be competitive and they're like, oh, well, if this number is good, lower must be better, right? Not over. Or this number is good, I'll hit it directly. And your energy needs are going to fluctuate with the days. And so... So it was was just very triggering to see this. So basically, now this information might be okay. And I'm even going to say might. It might be okay for someone who is only using MyFitnessPal and not doing any physical activity. Right. If you're completely sedentary and you're, you know, you're looking to lose weight and you have, you actually have a reason to lose weight. We're not talking about eating disorders here. Right. But then, of course, like MyFitnessPal has its place. Maybe. It can. I almost think. It can help people to track when they don't know that they've, you know. But I almost think. Going out for a walk and then trying yeah. and then learning about intuitive eating. Yep. And what intuitive eating is, it's not like eat a donut because you can eat a donut. It's like, do you want a donut? Yes, eat a donut. If you don't want a donut, don't eat a donut. You intuitive eating, you have to eat enough to fuel your body. If you want it, eat it. Like if you don't want it, don't eat it just because you can't, right? Okay. Well, the other it's, thing is, like, the more we're learning about, like, there's obviously an epidemic in our country. We know there's an epidemic in the world about with obesity. obesity. But the more we're learning about it is that it is most of the time out of your control. Yes. It's it epigenetic is, in yes. nature. So it's your genes and how they're turned on in the environment. Yep. And so the only things that you can control, you can't control your body size necessarily. Right. But you can control your physical fitness activity because not everybody with obesity has metabolic has metabolic right. issues. Um, and so if you are, let's say, on a chart, quote unquote, obese, but you are fit and your blood pressure is great exactly. and you're out there moving your body, like... Don't be hung up on what the charts are saying because they're wrong. Right, exactly. So if you're focusing on things like, again, yeah, like blood pressure and working if you have a cardiologist, working with them and making Mm -hmm. sure that you have a good system, that you're healthy otherwise. Are you getting good sleep? Right. Like, and treat those things. Treat 
if you're not sleeping well because you've got some apnea because of your size, right? Treat that. Try to sleep better. Right. Once you're sleeping better, try to get more active, more physical activity. Activity, I think, is always better. Is always a better focus than food. Right. Like focus on what your body can do versus what you're going to take from your body. Yeah. And a lot of things, again, those are tied. Like if you have sleep apnea and you switch over and get a CPAP, you'll find your sleep's better. You have energy. Yeah. You're able to do the physical activities you want to do. And it's this whole it, and it's a cycle of, Physical you fitness, know. Incre- like physical activity increases your dopamine and serotonin, yeah. which then makes you happier. So then you have more endorphins. That Those higher level endorphins lead to better sleep. Right. <laughs> like, and then you have the room for the calories, the caloric needs, because you're also so doing something physical during the day. So, so you can eat the foods you want to eat. So, so these, are the, these yeah. are the eight signs. Number one, you crave sugar. You know what? Sugar activates the reward center of your brain. That's great. If you're craving sugar, like tap into your tap into your psychology. Why are you craving sugar? Is it because you're actually hungry and you need a meal? Well, maybe start with a meal. Like, but if you're craving sugar because you see a Laffy Taffy in a candy bowl and you're like, yeah, Laffy Taffy is delicious. Go ahead and eat that Laffy Taffy. <laughs> and also just remember too that like we biologically do crave sugar. Mm-hmm. It's actually the reason why like most of like what's the component of breast milk or formula is sugar. And that's yeah. because we actually need it more than anything else. And going back, you know, to prehistoric times, like it was, it's just more, it sustains us. And so yeah. we actually do crave sugar on a biological level. And so, yeah, it's a little bit more accessible now than it was when we had to hunt down our antelopes, but like, it's, and go collect berries and collect berries and, yeah. to get a little bit of sugar into our diet. So yes, it's, it's too easy maybe to get sugar now, but it is not, it's not because we don't need it or that we shouldn't quote crave it. Right. It technically is a very natural, um, part of our brain functionality and unless you have something like actually wrong with you like there are people who have sucrose intolerances and have intolerances to certain sugars but the majority of people do not have those things they are in fact very rare to have fructose intolerance to have sucrose intolerance those things are not as common as diet culture would make you believe all sugar is is processed by your liver exactly the same way. Right. Whether it's, so don't worry whether it's it sucrose, from. dextrose, uh, maltodextrin, right. um, fructose, high fructose, um, glucose. They're all processed exactly the same way. Sure, they have slightly different bonds, so their sugars are circles. Um, they're car- I believe they're carbon circles. Yep. Oh my gosh, I'm like tagging yep. back in. And the way that they are put together determines what they are, whether they're lactose, dextrose, um, glucose, glucose, yeah. sucrose. And so sure, some of them may affect you slightly differently, but right. that's where you can decide what's what's better for you. But don't just say no because you're afraid of how something is going to affect you or you think you shouldn't crave sugar. You know, again, we said it before, moderation and even moderation and moderation. Sometimes you're like looking at that candied dish and you're like, heck yeah, I'm going to polish that off today. <laughs> and it's all right. <laughs> so sign number two, you feel tired regularly. Um, I would not say now they're talking in this article about blood sugar levels spiking and we're going to give you and crashing for the most part, unless you have 
um, pre-diabetes or diabetes, this is not something that you need to worry about. Your body is a machine, and what's going to happen is, sure, sugar is, it is supposed to raise your blood sugar levels. And with that, your body then, the islet cells of your pancreas release insulin, and insulin is what causes your body to be able to store sugar in the liver as glucose, and it will lower your blood sugar levels. If you are metabolically healthy, you do not have any signs of prediabetes. Um, you this this is not something that you should worry about. Don't worry about your blood sugar levels spiking and crashing. One of the things that you can do if you are someone who does notice mm-hmm. that you feel a crash after having sugar, pair that pair it with some fiber and some or protein. Or protein, or, right? Yeah. Pair that candy bar with a glass of milk or those cookies right. with a glass of milk. Pair um, you know, something sweet with some real food. With right. uh, pair your, you know, three laffy taffies with a cheese stick, and so that's a way that you can keep those levels from just plummeting. But in general, feeling tired regularly is probably related to either not enough physical activity or poor sleep habits, right. not your sugar intake. And it could be poor. There could be nutrition issues overall, but it's not just the it's right. not the sugar itself doing that. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it's blaming the wrong thing. Sign number three, you're gaining weight. You could be gaining weight for a lot of different oh, yeah. reasons. And I don't think necessarily sugar is to blame for weight gain. Um, there is some thought that sugar does it does increase an inflammatory process in your in your body. However, our bodies are wonderful, amazing machines that can handle this. Our livers can handle processing sugar when they're in a healthy state. If you think that you have an inflammatory process going on, that's where you need to speak to a physician about possibly, you know, do you have autoimmune issues that you need to worry about this excess inflammation? But one great ways to reduce inflammation are getting enough physical activity and sleeping Sleep well. Again. <laughs> so again, this you're gaining weight. You could also be gaining weight if you're on the lower end of the spectrum. If you have been restricting right. and you are now cutting sugar, even even if you haven't cut sugar out, but you've been restricting your calories, your metabolism is going to respond by slowing down. Once it slows down, you then may put on weight as you are eating the same lower restricted amount. Yeah, because your body goes into famine mode, starvation right. mode, and it just tries to hold on to hold store on everything, to everything. It can. And it's an that again is a scarcity, is an inflammatory thing, and so it's gonna store that as fat around your midsection. Yeah. And again, that goes back to prehistoric times because right. if you're not gonna get meals for a couple of weeks, like the you know, you need to be able to subsist on something, so you're gonna store a little fat, especially if you're it's, a female, because you need to be able to keep it's the also gonna make you tired going. all the time, too. Yeah. Because it wants you to slow down, right? Yeah. You experience brain fog. Sign number four. Sign number four. I would say brain fog is probably more related to your sleep habits. Mm -hmm. It could also be related to your eating habits where you're having something super sugary instead of eating a meal. Right. You're not having enough protein. You're not balancing things. But sugar, again, is not the blame blame here. Your mood being low, that could have so many other causes. So that could be 
Um, so sign number five is like a low mood. So that could be not enough activity. That could be not enough daylight. That could be low vitamin D. That could be not sleeping well. All of these things affect our mood. Um, and so really checking in with that, this, your mood, this is something you can check in with a psychiatrist, with a psychologist. You could talk to your doctor, um, mood is something that, you know, actually there's a study when you take people who have, um, who have depression, diagnosed depression and an intervention of either antidepressants or physical activity at the end of six weeks, they show comparable results Mm. in improving mood and depression at the end of 12 weeks, the physical fitness group actually has better results than the antidepressants. One of the issues that psychologists run into or psychiatrists run into is that, it's very difficult to implement a physical fitness routine when you're in a state of depression. So it would make sense that antidepressants, and this is how they should be used, and this is one of the reasons why you should not just go to a general practitioner for antidepressants because they're not... They're not trained in this. It's a great start, but get yourself in to see a psychiatrist because this is what they do. Um, but one of the ways that they do it is they use antidepressants for six weeks while they implement behavioral changes, mm-hmm. and then they wean off the medication because the behavioral changes can take over. That's not the case for everyone. Right. Some people have to stay on medications for the rest of their lives. I'm there's one of nothing, those people. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like Again, they're a good tool yeah. for your toolbox. And, exactly. But physical activity can also be another great tool and so it's not or it can't necessarily be a replacement so again if you have you know if you are or a person who needs and has like just a misfiring in their brain there's nothing wrong with right it's just just like it's just like going to see a pt when your leg hurts or you know it's it's the same thing and and it's just it's part of a treatment plan and it's never anything to be ashamed of. Like, and you may need it forever. Like with, again, you could compare it back to that PT. If you have weak glutes and you need to keep working on those glutes every damn day with that right. resistance band, you might just need to do that forever. Right. Just and like, it's just, even though it seems like, okay, this is short term as I get fit better. No, you may still have to keep going back to it and that's okay. Yeah. And I've known a lot of people who have cyclically used antidepressants. Yep. They use antidepressants during the winter yeah. um, to help keep them to help keep them in good habits because without them, they can't keep those good cognitive behavioral habits happening. So, sure. so that was sign number five. Number six is you're getting cavities. So this is also another one. You know what? Cavities, I think, are genetic. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> um, Naomi probably has some of the best oral hygiene of anyone I know. And, and I've had more dental <laughs> issues than anyone anyone ever has met. <laughs> yeah. And it's ge- it's 100% genetic. Yeah. And, and I've been told that, too, like, by my dentist. They've never blamed my diet. They've never yeah. said, oh, it's because of how much sugar well, you're eating. Well, and, and okay, I'm going to let you guys in on some raw vulnerability here. There was a time in my life that I used to suck on Jolly Ranchers before falling asleep at night, which is like, <laughs> can you imagine how bad that is for your teeth? And during that time, I did not get any new cavities. Now, I had a lot of fillings done in the, like, when my dad was in the military, where they used to, like, drill all the way around a cavity and, like, then fill it. So then you would get decay around those giant fillings and then need root canals. So I've since had those two root canal teeth pulled. So, like, my teeth, I actually don't have number two or number 15 in the back on the top. Yeah, and I've I've got implants. I've got so many root canals. Well, I I had enough teeth to where they told me I didn't need implants because I haven't I hadn't had any others pulled Uh, and so it's just like the very back I don't have my 
My molars. Very but yeah, like your dental health is not necessarily going to be linked yeah. to how much sugar you eat. So. And then it says brush your teeth after every meal. You know what? That's a great tip anyway. If you can, another tip, and I used this when I had Invisalign, is if you can't brush your teeth, chew gum for 10 minutes, and then yeah. I would put my like Invisalign back in. sugar-free trident or whatever. Yeah, I would. I really like the Mentos green gum. It's really yeah. good. Well, and you know what's really interesting is that, like, you had mentioned before that cavities are having, you know, Bone loss mm-hmm. is actually a really big sign of red S yeah. versus something like, you know, again, saying, oh, cavities is linked to too much sugar. No, if you... It could be linked to it, bad nutrition. It could yeah, be, for yeah, sure. It could be like a history of, you might have osteopenia because you're in, yeah. you've been in a depleted state for years. And for so might, long. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, that's actually one of the, um, one of the ways uh, older women get diagnosed with celiac disease is going into osteopenia Breaking or osteoporosis. Well, even just even just when they go in for their first scan uh-huh. around 40, they're like, oh, you have lower than we would expect. Then they run the celiac panel only to find out they have celiac disease because yeah. you live in a state of malnutrition, of malabsorption for yeah. so long. All right. So number seven, seven is you are having skin issues. So I have to tell you, when I am lean and super like like restricting, I have the worst acne. Like that's when my acne is the worst. And that's when I'm in this like horrible metabolic state. That's when I get all of those cysts around my chin. And so um, things don't heal. We talked about that. I would have, yeah, when I was way thinner, I would have like issues where I'd get the, I forget what the term is, but this like crack on your corner of your mouth basically. And it would never heal. It was because I had nutritional imbalances. I wasn't getting enough vitamin B12, probably what it was linked to, or B6, it's probably the Bs versus like, it, for me, you know what I've noticed? The only thing that's changed my acne is hormones, literally. Yeah. So if I go back to, you know, adolescence, all that time, and versus when I was on birth control pills, hormonal birth control pills versus IUD versus a different kind of birth control versus none, like right. now, and I have much clearer skin. And so mine's hormonal. And so I'm like, yeah, so stop beating up your diet when it so actually is, might be. So is mine. Yeah. But one of the things that I noticed is my hormones, I mean, obviously I'm going through IVF and everything. Um, when I, when I'm super lean, my cycles are a little shorter and my hormone levels are a little more restricted. And so I think that leads to, that could be a reason why, like you're slightly out of balance. It's not enough. Like I actually think I walked like right on that edge of red ass for a long time, like just kind of low energy availability where it was like, it was not enough to to really get into super danger zones, but it was it was pretty it was like an orange area versus yeah. a red area, right? And so I think that skin issues could be either. I mean, it says higher higher sugar diets contribute to ac- acne and may exacerbate flares, but there have been other studies that say that chocolate and food has no effect on skin issues. I would say if you're having bad skin issues. Um, there are lots of topicals that you can try. This is a great time to plug Beauty Counter. Um, we have an acne line that's really, really great. It's called yeah. Counter Control. It's my favorite shower cleanser. And then I still use the anti-aging stuff, or sorry, the aging gracefully. Um, <laughs> so you can get your own Beauty Counter at beautycounter.com slash Girls, And that helps support the podcast. Yeah. Um, we have been using, um, using Beauty Counter for a very long time. So... That's great for your skin issues. And then sign number eight, and we talked a lot about this. You're having trouble sleeping. I don't think your refined sugar 
Is the culprit. Is the culprit here. I think that they, it's chicken or the egg, right? Is your refined sugar the culprit of bad sleep? Or are you not sleeping well because you are not moving enough and you're maybe eating only refined sugar and not pairing it with enough fat and protein. And also you're eating too late at night versus throughout the day because you're catching up because all of a sudden, so in those times of like where we've said, oh, I don't need breakfast. And then later in the day, we're starting to catch up. At eight o'clock at night, we're eating like 20 Reese cups on, you know, on the couch right before bed. And it's It's funny. Eat early, eat breakfast, eat lunch, like eat dinner, eat a snack. It's funny that you bring up like late night eating. Um, and catching up and sugar and stuff. So um, one of the things that I've done to improve or to kind of stabilize my HRV is making sure that I eat dinner kind of before 7.30 at night Mm -hmm. because sometimes we're eating later. So my HRV is always better when we eat before 7.30. And then if I have like a little snack before bed that's not super, it's not like candy but it's like slightly a good, more protein right a good little snack yeah like a bowl of cereal like with nuts bowl of cereal with milk because then you're getting you know sure maybe you just want something yeah. sweet you can pick a sweet cereal but yeah. the protein in the milk will and yep. it's like that you know that i know old, you love your milk. protein sugar protein um, cereal uh, oh yeah your protein <laughs> cereal and so the the takeaways from this from this article are basically sugars are hidden in everything read food labels I, I don't think that that's necessary. I think that it can be really, really dangerous. And then it also gives this thing of st- drink more water instead of soda and energy drinks and other sweetened beverages. I don't think sweetened beverages are are necessarily wrong. You could maybe look at your portion size of them. Yep. And instead of drinking a 20-ounce soda, drink a 12-ounce soda. I always buy the tiny little 8-ounce cans. Cokes, I love those. Um, or instead of getting a venti at Starbucks, get a tall. Yeah. Right? Well, and the other thing I think, too, to remember, there at the top of this article, it's talking about a total number of grams of sugar. And again, this is like talking about, again, I think this is reflecting someone who's completely sedentary. Because if you are athletic, if you are moving your body, and you are taking your Honey Singer chews, and I don't know how much sugar is in a bag of those, or the Martins, or anything else we're taking on during our workouts, we're blowing that sugar out of the water. This is of added sugar. So this is of added sugar. So again, when you're looking at this 25 grams of added sugar, this is not your sugar from fruit. Right. It's not this including naturally occurring milk has a right. amount of lactose. This sugar. is this is white sugar added to things. Right. So I would say like, you know, even breakfast cereals probably are pretty low. Like I know yeah. checks, even chocolate checks, is below twelve grams of sugar per serving. Oh yeah. And the reason I know that is we do the USDA food program at at school and it has to be below 12 grams of sugar. And I was really, really mad to find out that, um, just because it's in bar shape, we're not allowed to serve like those fig bars. We're not allowed to serve them because they're in bar shape and that doesn't count. And I'm like, but that's such a, they're so good (laughs) and I love them and they're so easy. Yeah. And there's real fruit in them. So, um, kind of our takeaway of this, and is a lot of these could be signs, especially if you are lean, um, they could be signs and symptoms of red ass, even if you're an athlete, um, even with high, with a high sugar processed 
high sugar diet with lots of processed foods, it's very possible the sugar isn't the cause of what's happening and you could be under fueling. You could also have something where sugar could be the cause. So if you haven't had um, blood work done in the last 12 months, you should go ahead and get a flat fasting blood sugar done. Your doctor can order that. If it hasn't been done in the last 12 months, your doctor will have no problem ordering it. If it has been done, it depending on the interval, if it was like eight or nine months ago, I would say even if it was eight or nine months ago, even if it was two years ago, actually, I would trust it. I would trust your fasting blood sugar yeah. from that long ago as long as these aren't brand new symptoms. Right. If you're just reading this and going, do I have this? Um, and then the other thing you can ask for is getting your hemoglobin A1C checked. This is not something that they routinely do with people who are like under 35 or, um, but it is totally appropriate to ask for this test. And what the hemoglobin A1C checks is your kind of the average of your blood sugar over time. This is a metric that they test in people who have diabetes, um, and older people. Um, I've had it done because I do have, um, autoimmune issues. And so this is something that they monitor on me. Um, and then if both are, are good, Sugar probably isn't the issue um, because our bodies our bodies know what to do. Our bodies are smart. They can handle sugar. They can handle all of this. Um, and so, yeah, so that, it was just very, it, it's a very startling article. <laughs> yeah, and it's just definitely, again, um, some some signs that are, that could really mean something else completely. So. Absolutely. And I know that we've been talking for, whoa, a really long time because we're <laughs> 51 minutes into the second Recording, I guess we're going to have to push off our mile repeats chat until Wednesday. Sure, yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This is crazy. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this really long episode. Um, We hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Yeah. And And like, subscribe, follow, um, share so we can, you know, get – and we want to get your feedback. If you want to send us, you know, an email at rungallowaygirls at gmail or, um, you know, slide into our DMs over on Instagram or on Galloway Girls Instagram. We have a Facebook group. Join our Facebook group. We we want to hear from you. We want to um, you know share this love of running um, with you guys. And so um, yeah, and, we want to hear from you. And we hope that you found um, you found this helpful just to enjoy the body that you have today and run in that body and honor it. Honor it with enough nutrition. Honor it with enough energy and fuel and love. And you know it's it's vulnerable and scary for us to share that. You know, there are times that we ha- that we struggle with that, and and we're working on that wi- right alongside you guys. Yes, you know, it is hard to keep blind faith that you know these bodies of ours can keep pushing and keep getting better. You know, for a lot longer. Um, but e- you know what? Here's the thing: even if this is just our new peak fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so much fun to get out there, and we just have to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Comparison is the thief of joy. Exactly. Right. So, all right, well, have a great one, yeah. and we'll uh, chat with you guys on Wednesday. See you soon. Bye. Bye.